Let's open our Bibles. And um, if you have them on your phone, if you have actual Bibles, whatever it is, we are we are in Matthew chapter five. And um, we started our series last week on the blueprint for life. And we are looking at this this plan that Jesus gives us in building a life that is outstanding, that is awesome, that is content, that is fulfilled, uh, that is successful, that is prosperous. And um, he gives us um, the outlines and the blueprints to build that. Now, we know that the whole Bible all throughout the Bible, the Bible itself is um, that blueprint, and it is that guide. <clears throat> you pray life is saved there. <clears throat> but beyond the totality of the Word of God, which the Word of God uh, gives us that foundation, but Jesus brings everything that is in the word and he brings it into a summary and a teaching of what that looks like in our life. And so this sermon that Jesus gave, we know it as the Sermon on the Mount, is just a a core uh, picture of what if we will build our life like this and if we will begin to put these principles into place, Jesus promises, and we'll see it at the very end, you're going to be a house. Your life is going to be built on a rock that is going to stand strong, that is going uh, to be filled with treasures and uh, comfort and everything that a home is meant to be. Um, But it's up to us uh, to follow these words. So last week, we looked at the first foundation And it's all about choosing a humble heart. And we talked about that in in three different ways, about learning to be humble towards ourselves and and how we see ourselves, learning to be humble towards other people, and and then finally learning to humble ourselves before God. And when we begin to humble ourselves and start from humility, um, we are laying a foundation uh, that will not let us down. So now we're going to move into the second part, and we are in verse 13. So chapter 5, verse 13. And it says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket, but you put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. So he uses these Two examples uh, of what our life should be. And they're really just two different pictures of the same thing. 
um, when we look at salt and light. But we're going to look at three points that he brings out here. Um, he says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, when we look at what salt is, it has a lot of different uses, uh, but the uh, two main uses are to make things tasty, uh, to make them uh, uh, taste good, to make them palatable. Sometimes if things, ugh, I couldn't eat that, but you put salt on it, okay, I can make it. Uh, or it just adds to the flavor and it brings out uh, the flavor of uh, whatever is being salted. Um, the second thing is salt is used for a preservative. We know that um, in the old days when they didn't have refrigeration, a lot of times with meat or things like that, they would salt them. They would pack them in salt and that would preserve it uh, to when uh, they needed it. And so Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. And in fact, when he says you, he's talking about those that he's already started with, those that have humbled themselves before the Lord. So they have entered into this relationship. They are believers. They are followers of God. Those people um, are what makes this world flavorful. Because you see, without uh, the salt of those that follow the Lord, this world is broken uh, this world uh, brings nothing but pain, um, sharp pleasure followed by severe pain. Um, and so the salt brings that flavor to a world that otherwise um, would be worthless. And the other thing is that we are the preservatives. And we know that as long as the salt is in the world, uh, that God is... Um, preserving the world but we know that there is coming a time uh, that the bible says that when god reaches in and and takes away that which is holding back the judgment out of the world and we believe that that is a reference to the rapture that when god takes the church out of the world that that will be the beginning of the judgment because uh, the preservative will be gone uh, we know god's holy spirit is everywhere but he has chosen to uh, reside within us. And so um, uh, we are the preservative that holds back the judgment of God. Um, now, with that being said, he makes this statement. If you're the flavor of the world and if you are the preservation of the world, he says this, don't lose your saltiness, because if you lose your saltiness, then what good are you? There's no flavor. There's no preservation. And so there's this point here that we as Christians, if we are going to uh, uh, build our life the way it needs to be, we need to preserve our saltiness. So this brings us to the big question. What is our saltiness? What makes us salty? What is it? Uh, that is in us, that he is saying, do not lose this, right? Because if you lose this, it says, then your life is worth nothing. I hope you enjoy it and you can go out and do a thing. But in the end, you're going to be trampled by men. Uh, your life is going to be worthless. It's going to be thrown out. And 
See, we need to begin to say, if I want to build a life that, that is not just fun now. See, we can build a life that's fun now, but it, it, it gains nothing in the end. And what a sad way that many people live their life. Um, I want to live a life that, that uh, it may have some sacrifice. It may have some hard times, but I am going to gain so much more. And that which I gain will never end. Um, so what is it that does it? This flavor of our life is our worship of God. Okay? It's the heart of worship. That is what flavors us. You know what sets us apart from anyone else in the world that, that uh, is not salt is the heart that treasures God. And we need to ask ourselves, as we live our life, we need to build our life upon a treasuring of God. Um, in other words, the flavor of your life has got to be the value of God. As you live your life, um, people know a lot of different flavors of you. Some of us have different flavors, right? Uh, some of us are Charger fans. Uh, some of us uh, are... Uh, Yes, cowboy fans. And, and so we have flavors. But how do people know us by that? Because in our life, um, we reflect that. And, and those are good things. Uh, see, this is the great thing. Salt can go on all different kinds of, of things. And God does not want to take that away. But he's saying within that, can your life be known for its flavor of God? When people see your life, is our motivation that comes through something that reflects the value and honor of life. And that comes from a heart of worship. And worship is not just about singing. It's not about the praise uh, service when we um, sing our songs. But worship, and the very definition of worship, is to value and treasure something. It is just to love it. Um, we need to build our life on a love for God, a passion for God. And that needs to be our flavor. Your life, people around you should know that, that, that the flavor of your life is all about God, that there's a passion there uh, that, that uh, motivates everything you do. Uh, so whatever you value, whatever you honor and treasure and worship in some way is going to affect your choices. So when I say building your life on worship, I mean we need to put God and treasure him so much that it affects what I talk about. That uh, when I talk, now it may not always be specifically about God, but how I talk is going to be motivated by God. In other words, um, uh, the way I talk is going to reflect the character of God, the goodness, the gentleness, um, uh, the encouragement of God. And so um, those, those aspects of my speech are going to be flavored by God. Um, not only our speech, but maybe our thought pattern, how we think, what we think about. Is it flavored by God? Is it motivated? Because you treasure God, um, you're going to protect those thoughts. I'm going to capture those thoughts. It doesn't mean that you're never going to think something 
wrong, but I'm going to bring that under the direction of the character of God. Not only our thoughts, our words, um, but our our priorities, uh, maybe our choices of activities. Um, uh, all of those things are going to be motivated by how we treasure God. Um, uh, and does that reflect um, the, the value that we put on God? Um, it is how we spend our money. Okay, our money definitely uh, denotes our values. Um, the Bible says that that uh, uh, where your treasure is, uh, your heart will be also. Um, and so God says that your money is going to follow your heart. And so we know that, that how we spend. So all of these things flavor our life. Have we thought of our life? Is my life flavored by God, by a, a treasuring of God? Because here's the thing. It's not just trying to live for God. It's not a philosophy. That will never flavor your life. That will maybe put a, uh, a paint job on the outside. Uh, the, the, the word of God talks a lot about people that, that do all those things, and it looks like they've built a house because they're, they're following these rules and stuff. It calls them whitewashed tombs. It's like it, it, you're making it look like a house, but it's really a whitewashed tomb. Um, you've just painted it to look like that. And so you're not really flavored by God, but you're just trying to live. And you know what? If you just try and live by, by the rules and regulations and doing what God says, you're going to be more frustrated. You are going to have more regrets uh, than you ever had. It's even worse uh, than not believing in God at all. But God says, so what's the difference is bringing me into your heart. When you truly love me and treasure me and have a passion for God, then out of that passion, then those things that you do become uh, the outward uh, expression of your love rather than just trying to build an exterior look for that love. So this is the treasure that God says, if you lose your saltiness, if you lose your flavor, that passion for God within your heart that just treasures him, that realizes how important he is, how good he is. And that does take, you know what, this takes what the world today likes to say, a woke person. But you see, they like to talk about being woke a lot. But what they're woke to is not what they need to be woke to. What they're woke to is, is these humanistic uh, ways of doing things my way. And what it really is, it, 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 has, it has brought them into a deeper sleep. Because to be awoken to the reality of the world is that this world is broken, but God has redeemed us. That's what it means to truly understand reality. And then, you know what? When we truly begin to, to embrace what God has done, then the very things that these other people in the world would like to see happen, that will truly happen out of a heart that serves God. Because see, the answer for racism, the answer for injustice in this world, the answer uh, for the disparities in poverty and riches, it is not changing our government. It is not changing our economic, uh, the way it's built up. The way you change that is a heart that treasures God. Because when we begin to treasure God, we love the poor. When you begin to treasure God, there is no race. Uh, we fight for justice. We begin to not live for ourselves, but we begin to create people around us that 
feel the saltiness, the flavor of God. And then that makes a difference in this world. So that's what he is talking about in this salt. So I want to ask us, are we building our life with the flavor of God? We need to begin to be people that have a greater flavor of God. But not only that, but he now says you are a light. Not only are you salt, but you are light. And he says with the salt, he said, don't lose your flavor. But with the light, he said, don't cover it up. So not only do we need to make sure that we are flavored with God, but we also need to make sure that we are um, letting our light shine. That it is seen. Many times we think, well, flavor can be something just within us. And I'm just going to, I have a, a, a inward conviction for God. And I love God and my treasure and my worship for God is, is in here. But, but, you know, that's a personal thing. Well, that's why Jesus knew that that's going to be some of our tendencies. And so he says this. So while you're doing that, but now you have to make sure that you open it up that everyone sees it. So that salt and that light needs to be seen by people. It cannot just be a personal uh, conviction. You know, everyone, you live by your rules, I'll live by mine. Yes, you cannot make them change, but you can shine so that they see yours. And we need to begin to let our light shine among them. We can, at this point, I guess we could sing the old song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, Right? So we need to let it shine in all those things. And when they see our life, we need to be ready and willing and not afraid to say, oh, the reason I'm doing this is because, man, I just love God so much. Not being all self-righteous and religious. It comes out a, a simple treasuring of the person who loved me enough to redeem me by going to the cross. Does that motivate you? If you truly recognize what Jesus did, if you truly recognize the hell that you were you were destined to and that he saved you from that, I think you would be very uh, uh, relieved and happy to share that. Um, I think we've just lost the intensity of reality. Um, and so we're more worried about what people think about us. And the reality of what people think about us is not as important as the reality of where my soul was headed. And yet my Redeemer loved me enough, and I need to be so proud of him that I'm not afraid to share my God with them because he's the lover of, of, of everything that I am. But here's the question. Is he? Is he the very salt of your heart, the flavor of your life? You know, if you go to a restaurant um, uh that you love, you share that with people. Oh, you got to go here. You got to try it. That's what it means to let your light shine. It reaches outward. It is seen by what you do and say. And we need to make that seen and known. We need to make it known uh, so that our life is not hidden under a basket. It is not within its own realm, but we find ways to simply shine before people. And again, it's not going out and standing on a corner and having to preach with a megaphone. It is putting in action the love, the gentleness, the grace, the life of Jesus. It's going out and living life with people. You see, Jesus does not call us to do away with all the things of life, but he's saying, put me first in that. 
And yes, there might be some rearranging of that, but God does not hate sports and God does not hate music and God, but he says, don't let that though come first. But when you put it behind me, then you can use those areas to shine the glory of who God is. So the two things, as we build our life, we need to build flavor into our life, the flavor of God. And the second thing, we need to make sure that as we build that flavor, we don't put it just deep within us, but we let it out. We live it outwardly. We live openly and loudly the flavor that God has put within us. But here's the last and third point that your life has got to be built on. It says this, not only is the light put out um, so that everyone sees it, but it says, let your light so shine before men that they see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. It's not just about being seen. It's not just about, oh, look at, you know, proving that I am uh, one that loves God. Here's the purpose. We have got to embrace this purpose in life that I want you to not see me, but I want to honor God. I want you to be able to see the glory of God. We have got to begin to say everything I'm doing in my life. What is the purpose of it? Is it to meet a need that I want? Is it to make me happy? Cause I, you know, I'm bored. I'm just bored. I don't want to, I want to do something. So I, I do that to meet that need. Or am I willing to say, how can I do something that will glorify God? Um, that has got to be the meaning of your life. If your life is about you, it will be like that salt that has lost its saltiness. You at some point in your life are going to be thrown out and trampled. But when we say everything I do, God, if, if I do this and you don't get the glory, then it's not worth doing. If I do this and it even puts people away from you because they ask the question, well, I thought you liked loved God and this is why would you not? Then I definitely need to not do it. Our focus, our motivation for life has got to be the glory of God, the honor of God. Now, it doesn't mean that everyone that sees you is going to honor God uh, because there are going to be those like Jesus said that they're going to hate you because when you bring glory to God, they reject that. Now, that's OK. That's not your uh, burden to bear, but you are going to realize that sometimes as I bring glory to God, not everyone's going to like me. So therefore, this makes the hard thing. You've got to be willing to live your life in such a way that some people do not accept you, that sometimes you meet sacrifices, that you are going to conf uh, confront things that will not go your way, but it's okay because remember, the flavor of your life is not about those things, but it's just about glorifying God. And then he'll take care of everything else. That even if I lose friends or I don't get to do this this one time, um, there's sacrifices, but I am building a life. Um, see, we don't want to cut corners when you're building a house. I'm going to build it the way it's meant to be so that it stands. See, our lives are not done. See, sometimes, see, we forget that we're building our life. We just live our life. And I just, you know, it's just everything is right now. 
people, we have got to begin to look beyond now and say, what am I building in my life? What is it going to look like when it's done? Because that is going to have a very definite effect on our experience for eternity. And so we are called to influence others for God. Not to make them make their choice. That's up to God. But I want to give them the best picture of God that I can give them so that they can make the best choice. Even if they don't make the choice that I want them to make, I'm going to make God look so good. So in other words, is your life making God look good? Okay. Now, it doesn't mean that God needs you to make himself look good. But what he needs you is to make him be seen. You see, notice what it says. It says, shine your light so that they see. It is not that you make God good, but sometimes they just don't see him to know that he is good. And so we make him look good by simply making him seen. So do people see God in you? Do they see and taste the flavor of goodness in you? Do they taste and see the character of God that would draw them? Because here's what they should see. They should see uh, a God who offers a better purpose in life. They should see a God who offers um, uh, acceptance even in the midst of our brokenness. There is no shame, but there is forgiveness. Um, there is a, a God of gentleness and love and hope in a world that is filled with just conflict and hate and arguments and, and everything else that's going on right now. We need to shine our light in such a way that they see God. Now notice this, our light is not your works. Many times say, well, my works is what will shine the light. Look what it says. It says, shine your light in such a way that they will see your works. So the light shines on the works. So the light is that same thing that it references as the salt. It's the flavor, the flavor of your life. It is the motivation of your heart. So then when they see what you do, they'll say, ah, oh, that's why you're doing that. And then those works will bring glory to God. But the key thing is your heart, your passion. We come back to that heart of worship. This is what God is calling us to build our life upon. And if we do that, we will not lose our saltiness and our light will shine bright. And when we do that, our house of our life will be built strong. And it will be a fulfillment for us. Amen. Let's pray.